Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. I believe God has a message for you today in talking and dealing with uh, just practically what's going on in the world today. And so this message is uh, meaningful to me. It, uh, it's something I battle with on a regular basis. Um, I live it out every day, uh, sometimes more than others. But I think it's going to help you at least be a great reminder to you of how we can move forward in faith dealing with our current circumstances. So this is something that Heather and I are consistently teaching our kids from time to time. And it's really how we talk. It's, it's the posture of our heart and how we speak. And so before we went to online messages, I was teaching on the attitudes, or the proper attitudes of how to live in a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And in prepping that final message, uh, we had a baby, and the world birthed a nasty virus, or at least it grew while we were in that kind of period. And so uh, I was planning on finishing that message this week. I will finish that message eventually, and I believe today's message is going to be uh, a great uh, a great message leading into that. And so I uh, look forward to finishing that next week. Today, I want to help you get through our current circumstance. And so um, as we talk through uh, what it means to deal with our mind and worry and, and, and fear and, and all the different things that kind of play into what's happening today, I think that God has a real practical message for us. And so if you have your Bible or your notebook, our key scripture today is Philippians 2, 12 through 16. That's going to be in the Holman. And this is where Paul's telling us as believers to do everything without grumbling or complaining. And just man, just go about your business and, and be about what it is. And so then don't get lost in the shuffle or anything like that. And so before we jump into Philippians chapter 2, let's take a moment and pray. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to have, Lord, today to share. Lord, these are your people. This is your church and this is your word. So I just ask you to help me to communicate it effectively and clearly help people to grab a hold of it. Lord, I ask that you would open eyes and ears and hearts today to hear this message and to take these thoughts, these four principles, these four thoughts, and to use them in their everyday lives so they can move forward in their faith and grow closer to you. And for everything that's going to be uh, or take place today, for everything that's going to take place today, for all the fruit that's going to be born, for everything that's going to happen, for the lives that are going to be changed forever, we're going to give you glory for it. And we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Philippians 2.12, here's what it says. It says, So then, my dear brothers, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, For it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out His good purpose. It's a big deal. Verse 14, Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked, perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. Verse 16, hold firmly to the message of life. Hold firmly to the message of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. A couple things in there that I want to draw your attention to is fear in this scripture, is nothing but reverence. And what reverence means is to have a deep sense of honor, respect, awe, or submission to God for who He is. The second thing in that scripture you see is for us to desire and work out His good purpose. This is just meaning to stay positive. Stay positive. 
And then shine like stars. Shine like stars is essentially living out what Psalms 119 verse 5 says. And so if you're writing scripture down, this is the first one. Psalms 119.5 says, let your actions reflect his principles. We'll dive deeper into that here in just a few minutes. But out of those three points, let me read the message translation of this scripture to you because this is home base for us today. And so this is Philippians 2, 12 through 16 out of the message. And here's what it says. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. Living it, right? When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation. Reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy and energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. 14 through 16 says, do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing. Go out into the world uncorrupted. Uncorrupted, remember that word. A breath of fresh air is this squalid and polluted society. A breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night, so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns, and you'll be living proof that I didn't go about all this work for nothing. I love right there in the beginning where it says, go out into the world uncorrupted. Uncorrupted meaning, have some peace of mind. It's all good. It's all good. And so then, as we talk through what Philippians 2 uh, 12 through 16 says, you would say, Dusty, how do we do that? How do we do that? And I would say, I'm glad that you asked. Okay. I think that we all understand that we're not supposed to live by our feelings or to live by our fear, what we're afraid of. We live by faith. And with faith, how we feel or what we fear really has no place in our daily routines. And so you see this in Matthew 6:34. Matthew 6:34 says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough troubles of its own. I love this scripture because it sits on the heels of my all-time favorite scripture, which is Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33 means a lot to me because I read it wrong for 29 years of my life. And what Matthew 6.33 says is this, is, Seek first, meaning you, you seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So that's the previous scripture to 6.34, right? So seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough, right? For tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough troubles of its own. So what does worry mean then? When you think about worry, there's really a funny analogy that I thought of when I was doing this. If you've ever seen the movie Hoosiers, if you've not seen the movie Hoosiers, that'll be your homework today. And as you think, uh, if you think about that, they're toward the end of the movie. I'm not going to blow it for you, but they're running this play. And um, the coach, right before they break the huddle, he says, hey, don't get caught watching the paint dry. Meaning, uh, pay attention, right? And think, so I think it's very easy for us all to kind of get lost in the shuffle, to get our focus on something else, um, you know, whether it be uh, news or rumors or, um, you know, this, this place is closing or, or what else. And so 
what I want you to understand is that the news is to be checked. It's not to be endured. This is not something that we're going to live and just kind of fight with agony over and just continue watching the same rerun, regardless of what network you watch. There's not a whole lot positive going on in the news right now. And so check it. Don't be glued to it. Right. Today, we're going to talk about four things that are going to help you move forward, regardless of our circumstance. And I use that Hoosiers analogy to help you kind of see that, um, man, there's a lot of things going on, but out of all those things, God is still working. God is still at work. God is still moving. He's moving in leadership of our country, whether that be from the president down to our government, our mayor, uh, our city councils, our chambers. God is at work right now, and he's helping people. And I think we should consistently and continue to pray for the leadership especially in our own communities and our cities. And so if you'll commit to do that for me this week, that would be a huge win. And so today as we talk about these, these four things that are going to help you move forward, regardless of your circumstance, it really starts with Philippians 2.14, which says, do everything without grumbling or complaining. Have you ever asked somebody how they're doing? I love going to the grocery store and asking this question, or it doesn't matter, a fast food restaurant, restaurant, your server, whoever. Hey, man, how are you? And the typical response is fine, good, ready to go home, can't wait to get off work, right? Wish I wasn't here, something like that. But every now and again, you'll get that question back, right? And you'll get the question back will be, uh, I'm, I'm good. How are you? And I'll say, eh, I can't complain. I can't complain. And, and as soon as I say I can't complain, I back it up with Matthew 6.34. It wouldn't do me any good anyways. I can't complain. It wouldn't do any good anyways. And that stops them right in their tracks. And they immediately think, oh, like, and there's this awkwardness between us. And I so, eh, hey, because it's all good, right? I mean, we're alive. We're breathing. That means today's a good day. And it quickly switches that that conversation, that thought from negative to positive. Like, oh, I, I am alive regardless, even if I am at work or if I'm doing X, Y, or Z, I still do have breath in my lungs. So that means there's purpose purpose for my life. And so, so it's all good. And so one of the most uh, common and destructive daily habits we get caught up in is the habit of worrying so much so that I uh, copied a couple of quotes about worry. Some of these are going to be familiar to you. One of them is going to be funny. And I think this is the number one, the number one uh, quote when it comes to worrying. And I say these to kind of refresh you to maybe kind of loosen up a little bit, the thought and the fact of where our worry comes from. And so the first one says this, worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only robs today of its joy. You've heard that before, right? Worrying doesn't do any good for tomorrow. Matter of fact, it only ruins today. And so then there's no place for it, right? I can't complain. Why? It wouldn't do me any good anyways. And so then I really have to switch the narrative. Okay. The second one is this, worry always gives a small thing a big shadow. Worry always gives a small thing a big shadow. What's funny is when the thing isn't identified, it can be as big as we want it to be. It's going to be as big as we make it, especially with that self-talk inside of our mind. You know, uh, I've said this before, but when you're alone and, and it's just you and your screen, or your laptop, or your phone, or man, even your, your, at night before you go to sleep, 80% of the thoughts going on inside your mind are negative. And so knowing that worry tends to play a really big part of our lives. And so the third thing is, uh, this is the fun one. 
Uh, if you want to test your memory, try to recall what you were worrying about one year ago today. Can you remember what you were worrying about one year ago today? No, because we worry so stinking much that we're on overload all the time. It's because our self-talk trends negative. Here's Winston Churchill. He says, when I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of the old man who said on his deathbed that he had had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which never happened. Think about that. When I think of worry, I think about the old man who sat on his deathbed. He had had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which had never happened. And then the last one, and this kind of leads us into uh, kind of the solution for today or, or our action steps. It says this, worry is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. Isn't that the truth? And so where does worry start? Worry starts in our minds. Our kids would tell you it starts in our forehead. And so the do everything without grumbling or complaining is a really good scripture. It's kind of what we say, hey, Oscar, Kaz, Lanny, whoever. And man, you can use this too. I hope that you would that you would take this and rip this from us because it's helped us a ton. It's to say, hey, can't we do anything without grumbling or complaining? And we're just trying to get our kids to be thankful, right? To see the positive side of it. And so as you think that everything that we're doing is rooted in that, and you know that worry starts in your mind, then we have to win that battle upstairs. We have to win that battle here. And so if you remember Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out his good purpose. Isn't what that's saying is stay positive? Just be positive. Be positive. And so the first thing that I'm going to uh, teach today is this. Think it. There's four action steps. And if you're taking notes, this would be number one. Think it. And so when I talk to our kids, I'm like, hey, man, uh, you really have your, your, your attitude kind of stinks right now. You're being a little bit negative. What do you need to do? I need to think positive, right? And so uh, here are two scriptures to back that up. This is out of Philippians 2, right? We're kind of cross-referencing. Colossians chapter 3 says this, Set your minds on things above, not on the things of this earth. You've really got to grab a hold of that. On thinking positive. The next one is Philippians 4.8. This is Heather's favorite scripture. This is one of the values in our house. This is the number one value of our house, which is think positive. And it says this, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is godly, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes up. You ever notice when you get down and depressed or you're worrying, do you understand? Or do you do you know that your that your chin goes right to your chest and those eyes go down and everything's heavy and we're looking down? Where does God want us? He wants us up, eyes up, right? Philippians 4 8 is a perfect example of that. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Be positive. So we're saying think positive. Think positive. So we start that thought and, and, you know, we're battling negative thoughts with positive thoughts. And now it's not just good enough to think positive because we know our self-talk inside is trending negative. So I might throw a positive thought in there, but it's just going to kick it right back out unless I do the next thing, which number two is speak it. Speak it. Again, all great reminders for us today. This is something that I'm battling and living out every single day. And so speak it. Matthew 12, 34. We want to give life to that thought, right? And so whatever uh, we fight inside and mentally, we're going to say, okay, I thought this, 
So I'm essentially going to think opposite is what we're is what we're getting to. And now that scriptures the scriptures that back that up are Matthew twelve thirty four that say, "For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks." Man, is the word planted in your heart? That's what we're doing with kids with our redefined kids ministry is we're planting planting God's word in the hearts of our little ones so that when it comes time, so when they grow up. They have it here. So then when they do face circumstances like we're facing, it's not with doom and gloom and grumbling and complaining. It's with um, hope and positivity and, uh, man, a little bit of oomph and, and enthusiasm. And so for the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then Proverbs 18, 21, it says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. And so then your mouth gives life to positive or negative, good or bad, right or wrong, etc. You've heard all that before. And so then what you understand, the fruit that you're going to see from your mouth is going to be good or bad. And so it's coming from your thought because whatever you think, your thoughts become your, your words, right? And your words become your actions. Thoughts become words, words become actions. And so what we're doing is we're taking those thoughts and, and changing the posture of them and not only that, we're going to speak life to them because the Bible says, these are biblical principles, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and that the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love life are going to eat of its fruit. And so then we speak life to those um, to those thoughts. And we put them into action, right? More times than not, when we're worrying, I'm going to switch gears on you. When we worry, we speak life to worry so much, but how much are we thankful for? What are we... What are we putting out that's actually uh, sending a positive message, um, if any? And it's not much, right? Especially when we get around people. You know, people, the number one thing we like to talk about is what's going wrong. Hey, man, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's going on? Well, well you believe it? And, and we just kind of ratchet each other up on the worry meter or on the, the crap meter, right? And so then when you bring it back down, it's, hey, we're going to switch the negative thought to positive thought, and we're going to speak life to that thought. Number three is... We're going to believe it. And that's the hard part. That's what takes a little bit of faith, right? Because I can see everything around us. I see the news. That's why the news is meant to be checked, not endured. You're not supposed to sit there and just, man, what comes in is going to come out. What you surround yourself with is going to be who you are, right? And so then, you know, there's this phrase that says, you're the average of the top five people you surround yourself with. So think of the top five people that you're around right now. And I can tell you, just by being around them, what type of person that you would trend or tend to be. And so if you become that, if, if all you watch is uh, <laughs> trash TV and uh, horrible video games and uh, terrible music, then, then that affects who you are. It affects your thoughts. It affects everything. It affects the way you walk. And so then you become what you surround yourself with. So then you need to believe what you have spoke, right? And what's funny is it's easy for us to believe the negative that we speak. Oh, well, probably going to get fired tomorrow because this is doing your own name. And you just become, you, you become so used to the way you talk that you live it out. You're going to live it out anyways. And so, well, I probably won't get a paycheck again this week because, and, and it's like, wait a second, wait a second. If you would take the same, that same belief that you speak negatively with, that same belief that you worry with and switch it to a faith-based talk, faith-based language and based out of Matthew 17, 20 and Proverbs 4, 23, you're going to see a lot more life and a lot more good fruit, a lot more clean fruit in your life. And so Matthew 17, 20 says, for truly, I say to you, 
If you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Do you believe that? Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. I'll tell you a story real quick. It was um, August of 2002. Mm-mm. It was August of 2001. And I was walking around a dealership uh, in Tulsa. It's called Fort of Tulsa. It doesn't exist anymore. And I was just a young punk kid. Uh, walking around, kind of testing my faith. And, and I walked around this white Ford, four-door, four-wheel drive uh, Ford and said, I'm going to be driving this thing in 10 years. I don't know how. And, you know, back back then, they were only $40,000, and now they're like $68,000 or something like that. So um, I didn't know uh, what I was saying, right? And so walk around the lot. I get a lot. I always go on Sunday, you know, because nobody's going to bother me. I just get to walk around and dream. It's good to dream, man. Make sure you dream. And so I'm walking around the lot and claiming that I'm going to be driving this truck in 10 years. And uh, I would do that on occasion from time to time. I would go to the lot on Sunday and just walk around my truck, my white Ford four-door four-wheel drive. And it was a lariat, by the way. And so... uh I did that for, for years, and the the longer it went, the fewer and farther between my times at the dealership would be. But the one thing I did do was rejoice with those who rejoice. The Bible tells us to do that. And so, man, one of my buddies would get a new truck. Somebody's driving a new truck. Somebody's got to do anything. Man, good for them. Rejoice and celebrate. Pat them on the back. Be excited for them. Ask them to take you for a ride. Like, be all in, man, because one day this is going to be me, right? Rejoice with those who rejoice. And so, um, over the next, probably in the next 10 years, I might have, um, walked the dealership 15 times and might've prayed, prayed for that truck 50, you know, and, but, but believed and, but never stopped rejoicing, never stopped celebrating with the people who were celebrating. And so, um, April of 2013, it's 12 years later, April of 2013, I get a call from our executive pastor and he says, hey, I need you to come to my office. And immediately in that time, I think, oh my gosh, all the things that I've ever done wrong here have uh, have come to the surface and I'm, I'm getting fired, right? Worry, immediately worry comes in and I'm innocent. <laughs> I've done nothing wrong. Uh, it's a pretty faithful employee. And, uh, and so I go over, you know, kind of sweating, thinking, dad, come on. But ain't, ain't that the truth, man? Your boss or your mom or your dad ever want to see you that they say, hey, come here. I need to see you. Come to my office. The number one thing you think is all the bad stuff you've ever done, right? And that tends to be how we, how we kind of look at our relationship with God, too, is like that. And I just want to tell you, God doesn't look at you like that. Uh, God's not keeping a record of wrongs, and he's not making you climb uphill to earn a good life. God's with you. He's for you. He wants you to live in abundance and prosperity. He wants the best for you. He wants better for you than you want for yourself. And so I walk over to our executive pastor's office and he says, hey, he says, I got somebody here who says that they're supposed to buy you a truck. 
And I thought, whoa. And I immediately, I immediately thought back to all the times that I had walked the lot, that I prayed to prayed that that prayer, that I had um, celebrated and rejoiced and thought, no. And my ego got in the way and I said, no way could I ever receive that. You know, no. This is this is a joke, and it's it was April third something, so it was like yeah, eight, late April Fools, right? And he he says no 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 he says uh, I'm I'm telling you because um because he's here and he's ready, but he just wants to conf to confirm with you, and all that time I've been believing for a white Ford four door four wheel drive pickup truck white Ford, Lord thank you so much for a white Ford four-door, four-wheel drive pickup truck. And so uh, I said, let me talk to Heather. I go home, I talk to Heather, and uh, I tell her what's happening. I never told her the stories. I never told her anything about that. Uh, um, and quite honestly, I just forgot. I just forgot. And um, she says, you have to do it. At this time, I'm driving a 1979 Ford F-250. It was amazing. Just a, just a truck that made you feel American. Matter of fact, it's so bad you couldn't even talk on a cell phone in it because the uh, seals, the door seals around the truck were just rusted out. And so it was just like you might as well not even have a cell phone. You were really in 1979 where you were driving that truck. And I love that truck. And so um, driving that and Heather's driving a, a new car at the time. We had, Anyways. And so um, we go back and I say, yeah, we're going to do it. And... Um, and it was, it doesn't matter who did this. Um, all that matters is this is God um, answering a prayer and using somebody as a channel to bring blessing into my life because of my faithfulness, because of my willingness, because of my obedience, and because I rejoice with those who rejoice, right? And so I get a phone call April, um, April 27th of 2013 from the guy who owned the dealership. And he says, hey, you want to come over and end up going and getting. And so the truck that I drive today, I got given to me from, I would tell you, God. Uh, I still don't know who bought it for me. Um, but I can tell you that I got it with um, 16 miles on it. And when I showed up to the dealership, the, the guy at the dealership, he says, hey, uh, you want to go see it? And I said, no. I said, on the paperwork, we go out, and there's three there's three white Ford four-door, four-wheel drives lined up. I almost blew the end of the story. He said, just hit the key, and it'll be one of these. And this, there's an XL over here, which is kind of the, the, the B-rated model of the Ford F-150. There's a Lariat, which I believe is my truck because I walked around a Lariat. And there's a Platinum. And if you know me, you know that I drive a Platinum. So I hit the key. And it's a platinum. And man, this truck is a retirement truck. It is so nice. It's so stinking nice. And uh, such a huge upgrade and exactly what God uh, wanted for me. And uh, just just the fact that I was able to uh, drive that thing home. And there's so much more to the story outside of that. But because I believed it, I believed it. And I know that's a truck story. And we all have, you know, there are battles that people are fighting with cancer, there are there are sicknesses, there are diagnoses, there are all kinds of terrible things. And I wasn't even going to tell you that story today, but man, when when I saw Believe It, I believed that I would be driving that truck in ten years. And the reality of that is, uh, the executive pastor said, "This is what got me to buy in." 
He said, this person said they were supposed to buy the truck two years ago, but they couldn't. And now they can. And two years ago was 10 years. And that was my belief. And it was confirmed. All because I thought it, I spoke it, and I believed it. I thought it, I spoke it, and I believed it. And so then on those two scriptures we talked about leads us to number four. Number four is live it. Live it. Hebrews 11, 1, so now, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction, the conviction of things not seen. Think it, speak it, believe it, and live it. You have to speak it into action and believe that you will have whatsoever you say. Psalms 119.5, this is the message translation. I love this translation. It says, you're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. Hmm. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. Isn't that Matthew 6.33? Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Philippians 4, 8, set your mind on things above, pure, lovely, holy, honorable, excellent. In doing those things, it's changing the posture of our thoughts. I close with this. This is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and this is the Holman. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you have eyes all over you. People watching you, people who know that you follow God, or you're on the fence about following God, but people know. And so it says, since, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, especially as believers, let us lay aside every weight and sin, which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author, start and finisher of our faith. He's also the perfecter of your faith. And this is a faith journey. This is a process we're talking about. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. And what this scripture says is this. Jesus is still on the throne. God is still in control. Fight the negative news and the negative thoughts with thanksgiving and positivity. It has to start in your head. You have to fix the thought realm. Okay? Speak them out loud. Give life to them with your words because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and believe it is as you say. Believe it is as you say. And you believe it until you see it because faith is believing and being convicted about what we don't see. Right? Take one day at a time. We walk by faith and not by sight. And as you do this, I believe you're going to see God do miracles in your life. Miracles, bigger than truck miracles. Life-changing, life-altering miracles because you believe. Because you think it, speak it, believe it, and live it. And if it wasn't 1230 at night, I would have all my kids down here and I would say, hey, how do we win? And they would tell you, think it, speak it, believe it, live it. 
Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.